Face-to-Face Healthy Relationship Talk Radio with one of the leading specialists and foremost authorities in healthy techniques in relationships. Learn why honor, beauty, leadership, and self-help is important for your empowerment. Get practical information on why you attract your opposite with balancing self-love and health. Also, listen to proven strategies to avoid major interrelationship mistakes that keep you bonded and push people away. Now, here's your relationship specialist and host, Daiya Six. You're listening to The Elders' Tribute of Historical Figures Inter- Honoring and Appreciating Their Gifts Of Contribution To Society's Solution Yes, welcome to the show. Yes, once again, we are bringing you history to honor our elders, and in this case, some ancestors, right? And their great contribution to society. One thing, you guys, and I'm just going to bring this to the forefront, okay? I had to do this because I detest the fact that a lot of times, great and important information is hidden, Right? And the wrong information, or shall I say, unimportant information, is exposed. Sometimes it's omitted. And the list goes on, of course. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of the information that is destroyed or, or, or information that is omitted. Because guess what? I'm nosy. <laughs> I'm nosy, you guys. I'm all about the truth. I'm all about justice. I'm all about freedom. You know what I mean? So we have another great elder, or shall I say ancestor, who, will, who we will be honoring today. And I like to put this person in, in the uh, category of bravery, boldness, and in reality, worth the honor. So if this is your first time joining us, welcome. I'm your dope host and relationship specialist, Daiya Six. Yeah, you heard how I said dope. I don't know. Do kids still say dope anymore? Or did I just tell my age? <laughs> Anyways, let's get into today's topic, you guys. We got to dive right in because we have so much information to cover. And I'm ready to give you information that your friends, your parents, and pretty much some of your doctors just really can't tell you. All right. So um, today's topic, I want you guys to breathe in and I want you to breathe out because we have a situation today that really, I think, needs your undivided attention. Okay. And I think that it is very important for us to pay attention to the information that the books aren't giving us, the information that stories aren't giving us, movies aren't giving us, of course, right? Where's all of that information? That's my question to you. So we have a guest, of course, who's here today, and he is going to reveal some information some questions that I have. And if you guys have questions, please feel free to, you know, call in and get some of your questions answered because it's my job to bring you information that your parents, your friends, and some of your doctors just can't tell you. So guess what? We have someone who is here and he is the nephew of a very powerful salute that a lot of you remember back in 1968. But guess what? I'm not going to keep talking. Roy, 
it's time for us to get going. Let's go. So let me, guys, let me tell you guys what's happening. Matt Norman is his name. And he has spent at least 25 years in the entertainment industry in multiple roles, including being an actor, a writer, a director, producer, right? And he wrote and directed and produced the Paramount Picture distributed film called Salute about his famous uncle, Peter Norman, which won international acclaim. Matt Norman is the founder and CEO of Wingman Pictures International. And it's a studio for development, production, post-production, and sales all in, all, all in this media pa- platform. So I'm ready to feed you guys. Let's welcome to the show, Mr. Matt Norman. Matt, how are you doing? Thank you so much for having me. What an introduction. Oh, listen. And it is well-deserved. I am so happy to have you on the show, okay? I'm so grateful to be on here. And by the way, dope is a cool word still. Oh, is it still a, is it still a cool word, yeah, Matt? I still think it. Look, I'm 48, so I still think dope's a cool word. Okay, see, we're in the same bracket. We're in the same bracket. So you was born in the 70s like me. I was, yeah. Yeah, 70s rock, right? We rock. Okay. We rock. Yeah, we do. <laughs> so anyways, listen, I had to have you on the show. And 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 you know what? And I'm going to say this too. I want to apologize, okay, for being what what ignorant. I'm no longer I'm not stupid though, but for being ignorant. And let me explain to you why I say this, okay? Because I remember, you know, I'm, of course I'm here in America and you guys, Matt is joining us from Australia. Okay. So being here in America, you know, there's so much prejudices, right? Yeah. You know the list. I'm not even going to waste my time with political statements that we're still trying to make today, okay? Yeah. And, and, and you're right, you get it, Matt. But I, I have to apologize to you, and I wish your uncle was here because I would apologize to him because people were so found, even, even in the 80s, you know, they, they always they were fond of using the N-word. Yeah. So when I saw those when I saw the picture with, of course, with uh, Tommy and, you know, Mr. Carlos or whatever, um, I judged your uncle. I judged your uncle. And I was like, why is he just standing there? Is he upset? I had all these questions, not knowing that he played a huge contribution to that for that. He certainly he, did. He backed them up, which was rare. And there were so many cries, okay? And we're going to talk about, because we're going to talk about the film film salute that you did, right? During that time, you had mentioned in a film about Castro, Cuba, France, the cries of Africa, and in Australia, how the Aboriginal children weren't even raised by their parents. They're considered, you said, the stolen generation. And, and, And that wasn't abolished until the 1970s. Right? Yeah, that's correct. So we what? had um Yeah, we go had, ahead. We had look, we had crazy times back in the in the sixties. And I, I suppose I should um start by saying that <clears throat> excuse me, that Peter 
Peter came from a Salvation Army background, mm. and so he certainly um, cared for everyone. Um, but as you know, back in the 60s, it wasn't cool to stand up for black rights if you were mm. a white Aussie. Um, we had what's known as the Stolen Generation, where um, the uh, children, Aboriginal children, would get put to... Uh, white people to try and help them assimilate into a community um, they were literally stolen from their um, Aboriginal families and then tried um, to uh, put them into the white families to then help assim assimilate them to um, normal society but we also had um, the white Australia policy as well during the 60s and that was abolished in um, the early 70s. And the White Australia policy literally made it so that um, Aboriginal people here in Australia weren't treated as uh, human beings. They were just, um, they were actually treated as fauna, would you believe it or not? Wow. Um, yeah. So, and that was, you know, we're talking 50 years ago uh, here in Australia. So we had a very racist country. And, you know, for Peter to um, actually stand up for black rights in America was a huge um, accomplishment for him and a very, very dangerous thing to do at that time. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? And and let me explain something to you guys. Um, it is the powerful salute in 1968 Mexico uh, Mexico Olympics. That's what he's talking about. And it was an a, iconic movement, which created thick contrast in not only America but Australia. But I don't think Americans really knew about Australia. I wonder if Australia knew about America. You know, there was two African American athletes, you guys, and of course. Uh, Matt is talking about his uncle, who was the white Australian athlete who had to and all of them had to pay really a huge price for their bravery. Now, yeah. re I want you guys to remember that there were two fists in the air. <laughs> there were two fists in the air when I tell you that it's epic, right? Let's talk about that picture. Well, let's talk about what the picture captured, Matt, shall we? Because yeah. those athletes, their names were Tommy Smith. Peter Norman, and of course, John Carlos. So this is our history, you guys, and this is the contribution that they put into society. So let me, you know, I got, you know, I have questions for you. <laughs> yeah, are you, you ready? <laughs> are you ready? Okay, good. Okay. So the first question I want to ask you, and then we're going to go on a break. Okay. Cause we really only sure. have two minutes before we have a commercial break. I want to know what is no, 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 no. You know what? I want to say that. How did your family respond to your uncle's bravery? What were the stories that were told? Well, let's let's ask that. How, okay. how did your family respond? Well, um, everything sort of happened in, a, in an age, especially here in Australia, where, you know, not everyone had television and um, here in Australia, and we only saw it on black and white or we saw it on radio. So it didn't filter back through to us um, for quite some time until uh, Peter got home. And there's some things, obviously, um, that we'll be talking about later about how this actually affected uh, Peter for standing up and a lot of people need to know number one that the reason he stood up for um, Tommy and John's cause was he wore a Olympic project for human rights badge in support and asked to do that um, before um, they went out onto the dais um, to accept their medals so that's how he stood up for them and um, 
And so, yeah, that's obviously what we can talk about. Um, um, yeah. Coming and up. I wanna, yeah. And you know what? When we come back, I want to know where did he get that badge from? I can tell you that he. All he right. Actually, no, no. Uh, 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 oh, I'm not. We can okay. come on a break. You guys stay tuned. <laughs> Because <laughs> this is going to be good. I want you guys to stay tuned because we still have more questions. We have more questions for Matt. Matt, thank you so much for being here. Um, and I also want to know some of the stories that were told in your family, like how and, and then, you know, being his nephew. I want to know, you know, how you dealt with it going, you know, growing up in life and things like that. You guys stay tuned because we have so much more information. Stay connected with DIA 6 for more information on practical tips, proven strategies, and healthy techniques right here on Face to Face Healthy Relationship Talk Radio. Bringing information your doctors, friends, and parents can't tell you only on HRT Radio. Attention ladies, have you ever wanted to create a successful platform and a voice for yourself? Do you believe in leadership, diversity, and equality? If you're between the ages of 18 to 30, by October, Miss Indigenous International Beauty Pageant invites you. Come compete and represent your country in the only pageant glorifying women with natural hair and beauty. And the first to do it globally. Teach the world while serving your community. Imagine yourself being the planet's Miss Indigenous. Finally, the luxurious feeling of being a real beautiful woman. Hurry, space is limited. Go to MissIndigenous.com and apply now. Need relationship advice? Send your letter to Dear Daia, your relationship column. This is the Tokinet Radio Network. Radio with a cutting edge. We will be right back in 30 seconds. A smart message for independent artists. HRT is now, now supporting independent artists. Sign up for radio rotation, online interviews, top 100 to top 10 contest countdown, prizes, and more. Get your music heard. Be sure to check HRT Radio. Number one for independent artists. Radio is where it's at. Baby, I've been thinking about you. Now, back to the only show educating you with the face-to-face system and opposites attract connection. Here's your host, Daia Six. Yes, 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 but you rock. Okay, you guys, if you're just joining us, of course, we have Matt Norman. And so, listen, you guys, we have other questions. Now, when we went on a break, Matt, do you remember where we left off? I did. Okay, go for it. All right, so the person that um, – how it all happened was that they were under the um, stadium ready to go out onto the dais um, to receive their medals. That's Tommy Smith, John Carlos, and Peter Norman. Mm-hmm. Um, John, um, Tommy Smith, um, gold medalist, um, Peter Norman, silver medalist, and bronze medalist was uh, John Carlos. Now, Peter asked them – first of all, when they were underneath the uh, stadium, uh, Tommy – um, and John had discussed what they were going to do um, to protest um, when they got out onto the dais. And, and they said, you know, they talked about wearing black glove um, and putting their fist in the air. And, and then John Carlos realised that he didn't 
have his and he'd forgotten it um, back at the village. And so Peter was the one that actually said, well, if you're going to only have one hand in the air, just um, share Tommy's. So it was Peter's idea for them to share that black glove, <laughs> um, which I thought was really cool. So, yes. uh, you know, so on their way out, Peter said to um, John Carlos, he said, look, can I have one of those badges that you're wearing? And it was a, it was a very well-known badge called the Olympic Project for Human Rights. And, you know, back in those days, um, instead of uh, protesting, they were going to boycott the whole Olympics, all African countries, in, including African-Americans. Right. Uh, and that was that was discussed in the October just before the Olympics um, through Harry Edwards, um, who's an outspoken person for change. And and so instead of um, boycotting um, African countries and, and the Americans thought, well, hang on a second, we can win medals for our country. Why do we have to give up those? Let's just protest in our own way. And that's what they finally did um, when it came to um, Tommy and John's stance um, on the dice. So um, when mm. Peter was um, walking out with them, Peter really wanted to show his support, which was a crazy idea. And, and Tommy and John said, you've got to be joking. This is a an American um, uh, protest. Um, it should have nothing to do with you. And, and um, Peter said, but it does have something to do with me because we have our own issues at home um, with black rights. And the fact is that, you know, I want to stand with you um, to show my support for your cause. So um, reluctantly, um, John Carlos walked up to another um, athlete, Paul Hoffman, and asked to take his badge off him. He was wearing, he was an American rower and um, he, uh, a white American rower too, I should should add. Okay. And he was wearing a, a badge. And so um, Tommy, uh, sorry, John took it off Paul and, and gave it to Peter. And, um, and so that's where that sort of story sort of comes from. So um, wow. it was a, a, a bit of a synergy that um, they all got uh, to wear the Olympic Project for Human Rights badge, and and then Peter, you know, went out onto the to the dais proudly wearing that. Oh my goodness, that is epic! And you know what? I, I'm gonna have to ask my elders because um, I'm gonna ask my mother and a few other elders that I know because I don't I do not think that that information was brought here to the United States on how that went down. And yeah. I know before they left Mexico that the story was there. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it has well, not been in our history books. Huh? Yeah. See, we knew that story. We knew that there was going to be a boycott here in Australia because it was all over our news. Because Peter, who had a very good sense of humour, um, actually said before he left, you know, that if there was a boycott, the chances of him winning a gold medal was quite huge. Yeah, yeah, what, yeah. See, what people don't understand is that Peter came out of absolutely nowhere. Tommy Smith was highly regarded. So was John Carlos. Um for being literally the fastest men in the world. And, he, and you know, they're both six foot three, six foot four. Um, Peter Norman was five foot eight, so very small. Um, and in a, dom in a black dominated sport like sprinting, um, it was just unheard of for, you know, this little white Aussie um, to come out of nowhere and, and take a silver medal against two of the giants of the sport. So, you know, at the end of the day, um, it was a, a, a huge achievement. In fact, Peter's record still stands today in Australia 51 years later. Um, so, 
yeah. we have this thing here in Australia where um, Peter still holds the Commonwealth and Australian record for his time in Mexico, which hasn't been beaten. That is extraordinary for uh, a record to stand for so long. So yeah, apart from what he did on the dais, um, his achievements in sport were quite remarkable. And what happened to him after the um, protest um, is something that uh, showed what sort of person Peter was. And that is that, you know, when he got home, well, he was officially um, told off um, by the Olympic officials um, when Tommy and John got sent home by uh, the Americans or by the OIC, the Olympic um, Olympic Committee. Um, Tommy and John got banned from the Olympics and sent home where Peter got um, told off by the Australian um, coach and but when he got home, what people don't understand is that Peter was a silver medalist in the Olympic Games. He, he um, then went on to try for the Munich Games three years later, uh, four years later, and he qualified for those Olympics um, mm-hmm. 15 times um, for the 100 metres and the 200 metres. He held the Australian record at the time. He was number five in the world, and yet he wasn't selected to go to Munich because of his so-called misbehaviour at the Mexico City Olympics. So he lost out the chance of winning gold at that following Olympics. Um, And with the times he was doing, he would have. So um, over all of those years, that's the one thing that they thought they could bring Peter down um, and and stop him from going to any further Olympics, just like Tommy and John. Mm -hmm. And... You know, that's what a lot of people have never heard is that um, Peter got reprimanded uh, for standing up for um, black rights and also um, standing with his brothers, um, Tommy and John, who he considered brothers for his whole life. Oh, he did. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. And and in fact, my grandmother, which uh, who is still alive, believe it or not, she's almost 100. No. Um, yeah, she's still alive. And she um, considers... And so does Tommy and John. They um, consider my grandmother as their mother um, from another country. Yeah. So, um, you know, they always stay in touch. And and Peter, Tommy and John were friends uh, throughout all of those um, years that um, they were separated. So um, it was an amazing relationship. And, you know, every time um, Peter got the chance he'd go over to the States and you know when Tommy and John got the uh, the unveiling of their statue at San Jose State University Peter was there um, every opportunity he got to hang out with his brothers um, he he did it that's beautiful that is beautiful but you know what I want to know how many friends did your uncle lose by doing that well, um, you know, as I said, in the 60s, it wasn't the coolest thing to do for a white guy to stand up for black rights. Right. Um, and so he he certainly he certainly got caned here in Australia with the press um, for, for doing that. But as as far as he was concerned, he didn't really care about that. Mm-hmm. He, <laughs> he believed in what he actually did. Um, and in fact, one of the things that he's always said was that if he could have his time again, um, that he would do exactly the same thing. And hey, 
that's what's he up. Believed, yeah, he well, he believed that winning a silver medal was an amazing achievement, but standing up for civil and human rights was way more important to him than anything else he could have done. So um, he always was more proud of the fact that he stood with Tommy and John than winning a silver medal. That's what's up. Oh, my goodness. That is so beautiful. Now, we know that they criticize, ridiculed the whole nine, right, in Australia. When did they apologize? Did they ever apologize? Well, the Olympic Committee have never apologized. Um, wow. Which, wow. Is, which is quite remarkable. And, in fact, they have always stated that um, Peter didn't qualify for those um, next Olympics, which, in fact, he did 15 times during that year. Um, and then they made the excuse that um, they don't take people just based on their previous Olympics, which is also false because they took long-distance runners based on their previous Olympics. Um, so, yes, the Olympic Committee have never apologised, but... Um, after Peter died in 2006, um, a few years later, our Australian government um, made a um, apology to Peter and the family um, for um, not allowing him to continue with his Olympic dreams. And so um, then, obviously, at his funeral, America... Um, we had some American officials come to his funeral, which was which was a huge funeral, like thousands of people turned up. Mm-hmm. And um, and Tommy and John were there. I, I brought Tommy and John over from the states to to be pallbearers at Peter's funeral. And um, and so during that, um, one of the um, officials from the American Track and Field Association uh, proclaimed the 9th of October Peter Norman Day in America. And so we've since last year started the Peter Norman Day here in Australia on the 9th of October as well. Uh So, um, you know, that was during the unveiling of uh, a statue um, of Peter. So all in all, you know, the film itself turned uh, Peter's story into a legacy and and um, you know I've been working on this film and two books for 10 years and finally Peter's been recognised here in his own country. I mean he is wow, recognised yeah. a lot in the United States. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah he is but you know what's crazy it's, I when I was going to school it wasn't in our history books. Was it in you guys history no, books Matt? No. Okay you see what I'm saying? That's and the that's type why of I did stuff- the film. Yeah. yeah, and that's why you did the film. And when we come back, you guys, we're definitely going to talk about this film, Salute. But before we go, because we have about a minute, I understand that they made the apology, but what backed up their apology? Like all that time, you know what I'm saying? Was, did they, you know, did they give him anything? Was he financially, um, no. nothing? No. So. no, absolutely. There was nothing. It was just a posthumous um, apology from the government, the Australian people. Mm-hmm. Um, and in a way, that was that was pretty good. But it was, you know, yeah. Fortunately, um, it happened when he had died, so um, he never got to see that. No, Matt. See, when you're wrong, you're wrong. We're going to talk about more of this, you guys, when we come back. This is why we bring this information to this platform, because this isn't stuff you're going to get in your in any of your books. You know, thank God for your film, Matt. Thank God for it. And when we come back, we're going to talk about that film a little bit, you guys. All right. Because guess what? Matt wrote, directed and produced it. Okay, (laughs) so stay tuned because we have more and I want to continue to feed you all. All right. So bring your plates and your spoons. 
Stay connected with DIA 6 for more information on practical tips, proven strategies, and healthy techniques right here on Face-to-Face Healthy Relationship Talk Radio. Bringing love, beauty, diversity, and relationship awareness on HRT Radio. Attention, ladies. Would you like to create a platform for your success? When you look in the mirror, what do you see? Intelligence, a leader, or trendsetter? What about a queen? Well, if you're between the ages of 18 to 30 by October, Miss Indigenous International Beauty Pageant is looking for you to come represent your country. It's the only pageant glorifying women with natural hair and beauty and the first to do it globally. Come create value and make a difference while serving your community. Finally, the luxurious feeling of being a real beautiful woman. Hurry, space is limited. Beat the early bird deadline. Go to www.missindigenous.com. Apply now. Get your music heard. Get your music heard. Get your music heard. On HRT Radio Rotation. This is the Tokinet Radio Network. Radio with a cutting edge. Now, back to the only show educating you with the face-to-face system and opposites attract connection. Here's your host, Daiya Six. Keep listening to The Elder's Tribute of Historical Figures Interview for enduring, sacrificing, and motivating. Fifty years ago, two men representing the United States of America on a world stage stood silently to protest the injustice they felt for their people. They stood silent with black glove fists in the air at the 1968 Mexico City Olympics, protesting the way they were being treated in their own country. What was less known is the story of the man who ran second in that race. His name was Peter Norman, an Australian who would not only support these athletes as his equal, but to stand beside them in the same way. Peter is a special person to me not only because of his athletic achievements or his stance on human rights issues, but because he's also my uncle. His stance became my own on his sudden passing in 2006, when I made it my mission to educate a new generation about Peter Norman and bring awareness to those that have the guts and fortitude to stand up against injustice. Whether you are a participant or just watching from the sideline, you have the power to change to enhance and to educate those around you by saying what Peter Norman said all those years ago I'll stand with you I'll stand with you when some think the colour of your skin defines your worth so here's where I'll draw the line I'll stand with you as an equal partner as an equal competitor as an equal observer and as an equal human being those who choose to cross that line, I'll stand with you to say enough. No more. Most of us believe in mateship, in respect and a fair go. What line will you draw on this enormous field and in this game of life? 
Peter, Tommy and John ran the race of their life. The human one, not the Olympic one. I'll stand with you, because if I don't, this race will never be won. Ooh, Matt. That's, That's a guys, sexy was, voice over that... your fifth. I heard one. <laughs> That's your sexy voice. Hey. What sexy voice. <laughs> you guys, that was Matt Nora without standing with you. When I heard that, and listen, you guys, that was not the full clip, okay? We had to edit that. But if you guys want to see and um, hear the whole thing, it is on HRTRadio.com. And all you have to do is, you know, put in um, Matt Norman or um, Peter Norman and it'll come up. But it is it is on his page. And um, it is remarkable. That is so, so remarkable. So that one, that's a second film. That one was um, commissioned by Victorian Sport. Uh, here in in Australia and they asked me if I could do a five or six minute short film about racism in sport and um, you know it's something that I've been teaching at schools you know as a filmmaker I go around to different schools and talk about racism and bullying and stuff like that and um, I show them my film Salute which is obviously a much bigger it's a feature documentary where this one was a five or six minute um, short which I'm happy for you to link on your or put on your own um, site to show people yeah. Um, and I'll send you the link if you don't have that. But, um, okay. um, yeah, that one was a quick uh, short film that I did that won a Human Rights Award for um, its message, obviously, that, you know, it takes it takes everyone to stand for everyone um, against racism. And, you know, it shouldn't have to be um, African-Americans standing up for African-Americans. You know, it shouldn't have to be... Um, uh, Aboriginals standing up for Aboriginals. It has to be the world stands up for each other. And one of the things that I still can't stand is the fact that, you know, over all these years, Peter taught me some pretty big lessons in life that I've carried through my life now. And, and especially since he, he actually passed away, I've taken that sort of baton from him um, to start educating people about racism and how how disgraceful racism is still in our world and how many issues we can change um, from just elite, um, getting rid of racism. It's, it's, a simple, it's a simple thing, and that is just to treat each other like you want to be treated yourself and know that there is no difference between um, people with different colour skin, different colour hair, different colour toenails. It doesn't matter. Um, whether you're gay, straight, uh, black, white, orange or purple, that we're all exactly the same as human beings. And, you know, that's one of the things that I continue to do today. And mm-hmm. uh, I preach that to schools and I um, preach that in all the films I do about different rights of different peoples. And, and I think, um, you know, Peter taught me a lot um, in that regard that standing up for something so huge uh, in yeah. today's society, I mean, look at look at the way we're going at the moment. I mean, America's I still got issues, mm-hmm. um, and which I find you know atrocious that after everything Tommy and John have done, um, we still have you know um, the bravery and uh, of people like Colin Kaepernick and, um, and people like that that still stand up for their rights. Yeah, uh, and yet. Um, it would be good to start seeing a few more white people um, stand up for those same rights because I think that's what makes a huge difference in this whole thing is that, you know, um, there is white privilege out there and um, those people need to stand up and say, hang on a second, Um, there's a minority of people 
um, that aren't getting the same rights as we are, and that's got to stop. It's a really simple, it's a simple way of coping. Um, but we should all be standing together. It's it's a really simple idea. Yeah, yeah, Matt, you just made my heart beat. Thank you so much for that. No worries. Really? No, seriously. Thank you so much for that because we're when people say that you know black people need to get over it or Aboriginal oh, people no, need to no. get over it and no, no, you know no, the whole, no. you know the whole no, nine no. they really think we're tripping. See, and here's so for, the craziest thing. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. Let's let's talk about black people getting over it. Yeah. Um, Black people um, in America were once slaves. Now, if if my ancestors were slaves, I would never get over the fact that they were owned by a majority of people. I would never get over that. So why should black people get over anything? What What white people need to do is stop, learn their history, learn and understand what exactly went on back in the day and start to say okay, this was a problem, we need to fix that problem today. Because if it's not being fixed today, then we're always going to look back into our past and think of it as, well, nothing. And we've got to stop thinking of it as nothing because it was something and a lot of people suffered. Uh, A lot of people died and a lot of people suffered. And that generation um, then got brought forward to um, those people's children and those people's children's children. And right. as far as I'm concerned, um, Aboriginal people are in the same boat, is that yep. you can't forget, you cannot forget what our past has done. Mm-hmm. And and so for that reason, you should always look into the future by uh, addressing the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know what I want to ask you? All the information that you have and that you're sharing... Who told you this information? Who gave you this information? Um, mostly Peter. Um, I mm-hmm. sat with Peter for so long when I was making the phone, uh, the film, and um, I think it was um, talks with him that actually got me more energised with um, what he was standing up for and what he'd stood up for for so many years. And and you know, the other thing is too researching for the for the film and also the books and also now a feature film coming up the one thing that stood out to me is look i've always been um against racism because i just you know i've had friends that are um, black i've had friends that are gay i've had friends that are um that have mental disease i have Mm -hmm. and all of these people um are exactly the same as me you know yeah, and yeah one, one of the things that um peter taught me when i was a kid was he said if you're in a surgery with a doctor and the surgeon opened up your chest to give you uh, a new heart if you looked inside that person's body you would see the exact same thing um no matter what color you are or race you are you would see the same heart the same kidneys the same stomach that means we're exactly the same. It's just on the outside, we might have darker skin or we might have different color hair or we might have all of that sort of thing. So that was the way he taught me about racism as a child um, when I spent so much time with him. He would always say to me that there is no difference between everyone in the world, that we're all the same person. We're all human beings. Mm-hmm. And I think that made it easier for a younger guy like me to to actually appreciate that, oh, we're, we are exactly the same. You know, there yeah. is no difference. Yeah. Um, it's just, um, you know, as a um, human race, we've got 
really interesting pasts. And I think one of the things I teach in schools um, here about racism is it's more about fear. So let's just say there's um, there's a child that's come from Somalia and they're in they're in our schoolyard. Instead of being scared of that person, go up and ask them about their history because the one thing that you get to learn about people from different races and different cultures is you actually get to learn about something you've never known. You know, instead of thinking that um, that uh, you know you you need to fear someone that's different than you are. Instead, go and encourage um, dialogue with them so that you can actually find out what their life is like. Yeah. You know, and what it's yummy. It's yummy when you do that. What's yeah, their it, culture? Yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah. And, but, you know, who did your uncle have to lean on for, like, emotional or, you know, psychological support? Yeah, that was the biggest problem uh, with this whole thing is that, you know, and to, um, John Carlos says this a lot when he speaks about Peter, and that is that Peter was the lone soldier all the way here in Australia where Tommy and John had each other to lean on. Yeah. Um, Peter didn't have anyone. So, unfortunately, that was the um, the hard uh, part for Peter was that um, he just didn't have um, the same sort of um, – person uh, or people to to give him strength here but i think that's what started such a great relationship between um peter tommy and john is that um they they finally got to actually talk to each other and they were on the phone with each other all the time and and so i think that was the reason why peter was mentally able to uh cope with a lot of the issues that he went through because tommy and john were right by his side yeah, yeah. And what was your relationship like with your uncle? Like when you were, you know, when you were growing up, did you know how significant your uncle was? Well, I, this is rather rude, but um, I used you to said rather lot, rude. Okay. Yeah, um, <laughs> okay. But I used to get a lot of girlfriends because um, I used to say that my <laughs> uncle was the fastest white man in the world back in the day. Oh my and, god! Uh, that used to get me laid a few times, to be honest. <laughs> Oh my God, the things <laughs> men would do. So I had a great <laughs> You know, I guess you got to utilize what you have, right? You guys you stay tuned. Stay tuned because when we come back, you know what I'm going to ask you, Matt. I want to know because your, un- your uncle died of a heart attack, yes? Yes. Okay, I want to ask you if you think that he died from a broken heart. And I'm going to explain why I said that and why I asked that. You guys stay tuned. We're going to ask that question. As soon as we return, I'm going to give you my um, philosophy behind it as well. So it'll be an educational you know, segment. All right. Oh, we got more information. You ready to do ask more uh, to answer more questions, Matt? Absolutely. All right. Stay connected with DIA 6 for more information on practical tips, proven strategies, and healthy techniques right here on Face-to-Face Healthy Relationship Talk Radio. Healthy Relationship Talk Radio, home to the best positive disruptors. need relationship advice get proven strategies and techniques submit your letter and get notified when your letter is answered send your letter to dear Daiya. your relationship column this is a 30 seconds message an important message for hrt listeners 
Healthy Relationship Talk Radio, bringing you information your parents, friends, and regular doctors can't tell you. Join us every Thursday for life-changing information brought to you by our guest. Learn from positive disruptors. Get proven strategies. Subscribe and text HRT Radio to 31996 and never miss another show. Baby, I've been thinking about you. Now, back to the only show educating you with the face-to-face system and opposites attract connection. Here's your host, Daia Six. Keep listening to True History. Your History. Our History. The Elder's Tribute of Historical Figures Interview. And you give such a great compliments. Thank you so much. You guys, we are back with Matt Norman, who is educating us. I told y'all, bring your plates, right? You're eating today, right? You are eating today. Listen, Matt, let's talk about it. You just, on the break, you guys, Matt had explained to me that um, he's getting ready to make another film. Let's talk about that because, you know, we want to talk about the fastest white man in the world. We're going to talk about that quote, unquote, right? Let's talk about this film. Okay, so it's called The Fastest White Man in the World. Um, And the reason why that's a interesting title is because when Peter got back from Mexico uh, in the papers, he was known as the fastest white man in the world. And when he was challenged with that, um, he used to find that rather disrespectful. He he would say, actually, no, I'm the second fastest man in the world uh, because he thought, why should I be classed as the fastest white man? Um, he kind of thought that was racist. So that's why we called it that, the, the title of the new feature film that we're currently in development on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, we've finally, after all these years, I've written two books. I've got the film um, documentary that did so well, and and you can still you can actually get that in America through Amazon, I believe. Um, and finally, it came to America this year, believe it or not, after ten years. But um, yeah, the new film um, we're pitching this to Chris Hemsworth to play Peter. Um, Chris Hemsworth obviously is Thor on um, the Marvel um, movies, so mm-hmm. uh, he's a he's a great Aussie, and and so we're talking to his people, and hopefully we'll get something there. Um, and if mm-hmm. not, we've you know we've got other people to look at, but it's literally going to take um, a look at Peter's life growing up and how he became a sprinter, which was an accidental thing. Um, yeah. He um, he started out as a um, uh, long jumper. And by accident, um, they were short a uh, person in the relay and, and Peter actually was asked to do the relay and, and ended up winning a race for them. And from that point on, they just thought, you know, wow, this guy came out of nowhere. And I think that's what happened in 68 as well. People were just like, wow, who the hell is this guy? Right, so, right. Um, and that's what, that's what actually happened, you know. So Peter uh-huh. sort of accidentally became um, this huge athletic star who still won today uh, here in Australia. So, um, yeah, the mm. film um, we're hoping to shoot um, next year and will obviously be in the States and Mexico and, and uh, obviously Australia to do that. So um, things are looking really good for it. Oh, my goodness. you got to invite me, Matt. Oh, you're coming. Oh, you'll be there. You'll be on the okay. front row. Yeah, I'll be in the front row, yes. Yeah, I expect another interview. <laughs> okay, there we go, Matt, because yeah. I was we're, just getting ready to say that. <laughs> yeah, we're going to be promoting it on your show only. Okay, <laughs> that's what's up, Matt. So yeah. listen, I, but you know what? How lucky is Peter to have you as a nephew? You know what I mean? Talk about divine order. You know well, what I mean? 
Yeah, I think, um, look, Peter and I got along so well. I was the black sheep in the family, so to speak. Um, I was always in trouble with the police growing up or I was in trouble with girlfriends. Or You, you know, was a bad boy, Matt. I was, I was a bad boy. And <laughs> and Peter Peter sort of was too. And, you know, we uh-huh. had the same sense of humour and, yeah. you know, we related to each other very well. He was very much a father figure to me. And, and uh, you know, I spent a lot of time with him, um, you know, when my other siblings went to other relations i stayed with peter and so i had this really good relationship throughout my entire life and i think you know i loved him dearly because he was the one that actually understood me when others didn't and he was the one that i would go to um to get advice um Mm -hmm. about you know everything from love to life to you know issues that i needed help with so um, wow. I had nice. this very strong relationship with him. And when I when I approached him to do the film, I said, look, no one knows your story. Like, I've been listening to your story all my life. Yeah. And yet yeah. no one actually knows it. So yeah. I said, would you give me your life rights to do this properly? And he said, well, who else is going to do it? Okay. So, um, I went, you beauty, um, and spent the next 12, 13 years uh, doing it. Oh, my goodness. Beautiful. And you did. You guys, you have to go check out the movie Salute because it really does break down really the history of that picture that was captured. I was first of all, you did a great job. You did a great job. I watched it twice. That's okay? fantastic. Yeah, I watched it twice and I was just like, and I got angry. I did. I got angry. I got emotional. And that's one of the reasons why I had to have you on the show, because I saw the love and the energy that you put into it. How did you get all three of them together? Um, well, that was difficult. I mean, um, a lot of people don't know. Tommy and John don't necessarily get along with mm-hmm. each other. Um, mm-hmm. they've, they've got different sort of stories and, and stuff like that. So I think the best thing for me to do was to get them all in the same room, which was difficult. But the best thing I used was Peter. Peter, when Tommy and John were around Peter, they were pretty much um, Big low. best friends. Big low. So, yeah. Yeah. So when shot the the scenes overseas, um, we're at a 1968 reunion, and um, we just got them all into the same room that way. And um, that's mm-hmm. that's where you actually find you know the real story is when they're all together at the same time, and you get to hear that story. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, there's a there's a lot of a few changes in the story over the years, but by doing it this way and getting them all together, at least I knew that I had a really solid. Um, truthful understanding story that they were all happy to tell um, and so that that was good I, and I really enjoyed um, the fact that um, we did get them all together and we got uh, amazing um, people from the states as well like Peyton Jordan the coach who's an amazing man who died not too long ago mm-hmm. um, and many others from the American team and um, and so the the film itself believe it or not, has won a lot of awards in America in festivals, but has never been officially released until um, this year when it was put on to Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can actually see it in the States or on iTunes or things like that, or just go to salutethemovie.com and you'll be able to um, get a link to, to see it. But I would recommend people who are especially interested in uh, that time in in our lives um, to have a look at it because it's it's an eye opener for sure. But I I can tell you that um, every time we've shown that film, um, the tears from people when they get to the end, when they realize that, 
you know, Peter's no longer with us, um, is mm-hmm. heartbreaking. And I still cry when I watch the end of the yep, film. So. Yep, I did. That's why I had to watch it twice because I said, what's going on? But I want to talk about this heart attack because we are running out of time and I want to just explain something. So, and, and I want to know what you think, okay? I want to know if you feel like your uncle died from, you know, a broken heart or whatever the case may be. Because as I was watching your film, you know, and I, you guys know that I um, break things down. You know, I've taken nutritional classes. And so, you know, I look at things from a different perspective, not the conventional notion, you know, what not what conventional, um, the conventional notion, what it says. It says that heart attacks really occur because of high cholesterol, blood pressure, poor diet, not enough exercise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But check this out, Matt. You know, we do have people who work out all the time and have great eating habits and sometimes is in great shape and still has heart attacks. So in this case, it overrides the conventional notion. So I had to go in and dig in and kind of, you know, uh, uh, study, go back to like what I've learned about nutrition on a physiological and biological sense. Now, I've been studying this doctor called Dr. Hamer. I'm going to tell you about him after the show. Okay. But he's the founder of this thing called um, German New Medicine. And I love this man because he discovered how to reverse illnesses. And he understood that there are basic principles to navigation of healing cancer and the common cold. Like there's basic principles there. So this is where I'm getting at. He said that heart attacks normally come after the resolution of territorial loss. Territorial loss is in conjunction with heart attacks. And this can include your wife, your child, your home, your position, even a body part. Do you understand that? Yeah. So that that actually sounds that sounds uh, pretty real for for Mm -hmm. what he's going through at the time. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So I said, oh, my gosh, this is something that probably Peter had went through because, first of all, he didn't have anybody to talk to. He didn't have anybody to lean on, you know, things like that. He probably felt abandoned by his own people. I mean, we're all human. If I was in that position, I would feel abandoned. And let me explain this, you guys, the first in in the first place. So when we're talking about heart attacks, there is a conflict in the brain that says, "Okay." And the brain says, all right, we have to fight in order to stay alive. So what happens is the coronary artery needs to become a little bit bigger in order for you to survive. People don't really understand this. So and, and it comes bigger so that the blood can flow to the um, myocardia to get stronger for your fight. OK, if it didn't get stronger, you'll probably just like collapse and really have a heart attack right then and there. But this is the crazy part about it. Dr. Hamer also says this, that if you have conflict that is longer than nine months with moderate or severe territorial loss, nine times out of 10, it is very unlikely that you will survive your heart attack when it happens. And this is why a lot of people who retire because of the loss of their position or the loss of the lifestyle that they're used to will tend to have heart attacks. So I thought about your uncle in that sense. That's amazing. I'd, yeah. I'd certainly like to read more about that. That's Oh, um, you would love it. I, I certainly like when people um, break the mold mm-hmm. and um, look outside for um, different ways of, of thinking. Yeah. I think yeah. that's a, I think that's a very interesting way to think. 
Right. So anyways, I said, I'm gonna have to explain that to Matt a little bit, you know, and that's me. You know, I studied, I've been studying nutrition since the 90s, since we were, since we, since we were cubs. Yes, yeah, <laughs> since we were little kids. Yeah, okay. So anyways, I got to bring this to you guys' attention. FYI, the Elders Tribute of Historical Figures has been a success with, of course, Harriet Tubman's dedicated biographer, Kate Larson, who explained the truth and the myths of Harriet Tubman, um, the books and what the movies do not cover and the wonderful elder um, hidden figure uh, mathematician who was also known for her contribution in the modeling of the shape of the earth and GPS system. Dr. Gladys Mae West was here and with that being said during the interview we were trying to get another hidden figure who was also uh, the mathematician Catherine Johnson if you guys remember the movie Hidden Figure um, on with Miss Gladys Mae West but we were told that she was very fragile and weren't doing interviews and we found out that she had just passed over so she has moved on and we want to say positive energy to her and her family all right and give thanks to her and her contribution to society and humanity we also got to thank matt norman matt you're going to get the video of all you guys put together okay <laughs> thank, thank you, you for so coming much. on and can i just yeah. say that it's it's always a pleasure talking to someone with uh such vibrance um and someone that actually uh understands the world we live in ah Matt, so I appreciate so that. Much. And thank you for tennising that back, all right? You guys, we also have Miss Nikki Giovanni coming up to help us with the elder tribute of historical figures. Matt, you were so awesome. Matt, I want to thank you for your education, your transparency for the sake of your uncle. Thank you for your heart and giving us the opportunity to heal properly and exposing the truth. I salute those three men for their fearlessness, spunky and spirit and Matt. I salute you. I want to thank everyone. This is our closing. You guys, you want to be turned on? Meet me here next week, okay? I'm wishing everybody love, peace, truth, justice, and freedom. Matt, thank you for your information. Do you approve this message, Matt, that you just gave out? I do. Ah, he approved this message. I approve this message. We approve this message, you guys. All of my information will be at hrtradio.com. Here's Tune. See you later. Bye. See you later. Bye. Who's the hell is he? Peter Norman. Peter Norman. Peter Norman. Peter Norman is flying on the outside. I guess I'd just like to be thought of as uh, an interesting old guy. I believe in human rights. Thanks for listening to this week's Healthy Relationship Talk Radio. Join us next week, same time, same place, as Daia continues to give practical tools for simple, healthy, face-to-face relationship living. Remember, relationships aren't hard if you have the proper tools to build you a solid foundation. Also, search for Healthy Relationship Talk Radio on Spreaker, iTunes, Facebook, and iHeartRadio. Get videos, live shows, and member access of HRT Community by visiting hrtradio.com.